Let's pray first. Lord, uh, thank you for this time to uh, gather and just fellowship and to spend a little bit of time in your word and be encouraged and strengthened and hopefully challenged by it. And uh, we just pray that you would put us into motion in ways that we might have become slack or might not have even been engaging, that we would be mindful of how we can minister and serve and uh, be on mission with what you're about. Um, not be wrapped up in our worldly pursuits for the things of this world, but be mindful of our purpose in this life and um, what we were created for to bring honor and glory to your name and uh, help us to know you and help us to share you with others and draw them to you and uh, walk side by side together in doing that, Lord, and bring unity, bring fellowship, bring fruit from these endeavors, God. And bless our time tonight, we ask, and we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Tonight is the last of our summer study series. I wanted to talk about, I feel like the, the first studies that we've talked about have a lot been focusing on our personal mission. We've looked at what our personal call is, uh, starting with the great commission there of, of Jesus in Matthew 28, that we're to go and make disciples, go and be discipling, actively discipling other people as we're going about our daily lives. And then we looked at Jesus as the example. Uh, we looked at uh, our equipping uh, in that um, and our empowerment by the Holy Spirit in that. And then our uh, need for endurance through that. Notice the M-E, the mission uh, endurance, mission equipping, equipping, mission example, and all that kind of stuff. Tried to create all that. But, but a lot of it has been focused on our personal mission. I, what I wanted to, to finish this study on tonight was to look at our our role in light of other people and how we can assist them in their missions as well. Um, how um, part of our uh, ministry to one another, our ministry to the world is to support each other, to bear one another's burdens, as Galatians 6 tells us, to walk alongside each other, and how we can participate in doing that. Obviously, we're all part of the church and we're all part of, of fellowshipping together in church, and that's essential that we need to engage with one another in that and, and encourage and sharpen one another and those sort of things. But specifically, I wanted to look a lot at missions tonight. Um, those who go out in ministry, those who are engaging in full-time ministry, if you will, where they've set aside the pursuits of a worldly career, they set aside those things for the sake of the gospel. Um, that it is a call for a unique few. So um, I know a lot of people feel very guilty when they hear calls to missions and stuff of, I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing my part. And um, that is certainly not the case. God calls few people to go out into the mission field and to go to other places and to uproot themselves and, and to do that. So, uh, But just because someone goes out and does that, I really wanted to, to spend some time looking through how we can be engaged with that and how we can still participate in that and, and hopefully give some creative suggestions for that. But First of all, I wanted to look at Paul as an example. Last week we saw Paul as an example of endurance. He, he suffered many things. Uh, this week I want to look at him as an example of one who was connected in the midst of ministry. Uh, when you read Paul's letters, he wrote 13 letters of the New Testament. Uh, four of them are personal letters to individuals. Uh, others are, are uh, group letters that he was writing to a body or a, or a community. And... Um, in those, he, he mentions at least 
depending on the count and, and these sort of things, I've read several different people that have counted different numbers, anywhere from 90 to 100 individuals in his letters, in his 13 letters, that he's connected with in ministry. Uh, there's between 80 to 90 that he mentions positively. <laughs> he says these are our, our fellow workers and co-laborers, those who have helped. And then there are others that he mentions that have fallen away and have walked away and those sort of things. But one thing you notice about Paul is in his years of ministry, and, and by the way, Paul only had a short time of ministry. You know, if, if Acts 16, his Damascus Road experience where he gets saved, is probably in the mid-40s, and then he's imprisoned and killed by the mid to late 50s. So we're talking a decade. <laughs> and Paul the Apostle had this amount of effect in that time of his life, and he made these connections, and he stayed connected with people, uh, even though he went from place to place. I heard one person say that in the book of Acts, they estimate he traveled about 10,000 miles. Um, in those days, which is by your feet, by an animal, by a ship, by what, you know, but he's, he's, he got around <laughs> and he went place to place. He would stay for a couple of years, a couple months, couple days, whatever it was, but everywhere he went, he built relationships. And so in that, we see these relationships continuing from a distance. We see them continuing through circumstances, through uh, difficulties through trials, through victories, and, and Paul engaging in those. And I, and I think Paul's a good example of that. Even though he left a place, or even though he sent someone out to a place, that wasn't the end of it for him. And Paul was never the financial supporter of any of it. And Paul received financial support many times. And so I want to kind of think through some of that. And so uh, just a couple of examples. Um, you know, if we, Romans chapter 16, we'll look at that because there's a list of 29 people just in those, you know, first 16 verses of Romans 16 uh, that are a part of his ministry. There's eight listed in Colossians 4. There's uh, 1 Corinthians 16, where he lists a number of people as well, um, and so on. But in Romans 16, I just want to take a look at a few of the things that he said about some of these guys, and, and then we'll talk about our connections with that. He says there, he says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Chentry, uh, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. So Phoebe was a patron, meaning probably a financial support. Uh, she was a, a supporter of someone who was able to provide funds. Um, she was a servant of the church there in Chentry. Perhaps it was at her house, they're suggesting. Um, and, and so whatever her her role was she was dedicated to seeing the church function and, and happen. And so Phoebe's, you know, been very helpful there and not only to Paul, but of many others. And so she's spread herself around many others and helped lots of different people. Paul's not the only one doing this type of ministry. I think oftentimes we forget, you know, there's all these other guys going out and doing this ministry as well that Paul's doing. <laughs> so Number three, greet Priscilla and Aquila. We know those guys, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. And greet also the church in their house. And so Priscilla and Aquila, if you don't know, they were from Rome and they were kicked out um, when the Roman emperor uh, came into power there and, and um, was literally kicking all of the Jews out of Rome. And so they were a part of the, di this, the dispersion, part of that uh, group that left. And so Paul bumps into them and becomes good friends because they're all tent makers. And then they're able to, to minister together. And now they're back home, probably in, in Rome again, as a new emperor has come in and uh, they're able to house a church there. So they're continuing to serve another way that Paul's able to connect there. 
And then Apennatus, uh, the first convert to Christ in Asia. So on Paul's trips, he remembers even the first guy he ministered to. <laughs> and greet Mary, who has worked hard for you, and Adronicus and Unia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. So here's these are guys that were believers before me, and they're out serving. We've been in prison together, so we walked down this road and did all this stuff together. Um, <clears throat> and then greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord, and greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, my beloved Stachys, and greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ, greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus, greet my uh, kinsman Herodian, who's probably of the house of Herod, um, uh, greet in the, those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus, and greet those workers in the Lord, Trephania and Tryphosa, the beloved Persis, who's worked hard in the Lord. Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, has been a uh, mother to me as well. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philologus, Yulia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. And, and it's interesting that Paul here, these, this is just the people in Rome. <laughs> He's writing to Rome saying, hey, all of these guys that are in Rome, here's at least 29 people in Rome alone. Hey, say hi to them for me because there's, I have a special connection with these 29. And then again, you go to 1 Corinthians 16, he's got another list of those in Corinth. You go to Colossians, he lists eight that are there in, in Colossae, a smaller town, smaller. And so everywhere Paul went, he's got these relationships and he says, hey, these guys have all benefited me. I think I've benefited them. Some of them are, you know, his disciples in that sense that he led to the Lord. And and, this. and so Paul's really showing there, he says, all of these guys have a relationship with me in some way. And now in those days, it was much more difficult to stay connected than it is our day. Uh, it was much more difficult to support uh, than it is in our day. It was much more difficult to uh, have any sort of fellowship or any of those sort of things. And so I wanted to take what Paul had spoken of here and what Paul was going and, and talk a little bit about how we can engage in the life of other people, uh, specifically those people that have gone out and are ministering away. Because uh, one of the things that we do is, as we're a part of the local body of Christ and, and, and doing our uh, ministry about our daily lives, is we've got to realize there's people all over the place doing that that uh, don't have the fellowship that we have. They don't have other believers around them in the same way. And, and the one thing that I've heard from missionaries around the world um, as they've gone out is, is they, yes, the support is great. Financial support is needed and, and it's wonderful. The prayer support is, is wonderful and necessary. And that's the first thing most missionaries will say, just pray, pray for me. But most missionaries say, you know, I want the fellowship. They, they say, that's my greatest desire is to have fellowship and to still be included in the body that sent us out or be included with the people that from which we came. And I think that's what Paul is showing here as he goes, as you go through his letters, he's saying, I'm still a part of this crew. I'm still a part of those guys. And so there's a, a letter uh, just in the last week or two from our friend in Jerusalem. And, uh, through all of this stuff the last year and year and a half, you know, lockdowns have gone on. A lot of things have happened. And, and Jerusalem, if you don't know Israel, by, by the way, Israel is 1% Christian. Right? That sounds odd to us because Israel is the center of it all. There's only 1% Christian. That includes Roman Catholics. That includes Orthodox. That includes Evangelicals. That includes probably Mormons. That includes, 
And so it's a small population. And through all the COVID lockdowns and stuff, there's no churches doing tours in Israel. There's no tourism trade. There's none of those normal things going on. And he actually wrote a short letter. I think it just got posted through the Calvary Chapel magazine. Um, I, I just saw that the other day. But he, he basically said, we feel alone. You know, the church has left Israel, is I think the way he said it. <laughs> because there's nobody coming. They're not able to come. It's not, it's not like we've been abandoned, but it's just, it's just that we don't have the fellowship that was once here. And we don't have that. And he's the one that, you know, over the last year or two, when I've had these conversations, he's, he's one of the ones that has been really straightforward saying, I wish people would remember my kids' birthdays. When their birthday comes and they're out here on the mission field with us, they don't get any cards. They, you know, we don't get a phone call from somebody or, you know, it's, he goes, it's the little things. And he says, what we want, he says, the greatest desire, he says, if you really want to know what the greatest desire outside of those practical necessities he says, it's fellowship. We want to be connected. He says, I, I, I want to send you my newsletter, but I also want you to send me your newsletter. <laughs> Tell me what you're going through. Tell me where you guys are facing. Tell me how I can be a part of your life. He goes, I, he goes, I want to be a part of people's lives in the same way. Just because I'm over here and, and not on a day-to-day -day basis with you guys doesn't mean that I can't be praying for you or know how your kids are doing in school or what struggles you're facing. And so uh, that fellowship is an essential part of ministry. It's an essential part of, uh, of the mission that God's called us to. And I think if a couple creative ways that we can be engaged in the life of people like that and the lives of those around us and those around the globe is just that practical fellowship step. I mean, obviously, first of all, we can pray. Let me get rid of the obvious ways that we can be engaged. We can pray and pray. hopefully we all do. We put the card on the fridge and pray for these people and you know, and those sort of things, put the pin on the map, however, however we do that. And we remember them and we pray for them and they know it. They, they know they're being prayed for and remembered. Uh, the second thing, you know, be, receive their newsletters, receive their updates, you know, uh, get, get the, get the notifications, be a part of their mailing list. Uh, should they come into town, go, go visit and hear their, hear their, their story. Uh, those sort of things. That, that's all wonderful. That's good. Um, obviously there's financial needs, pick out one or two or, or, or five or whatever the, the ability is and, and find someone to support, even if it's a $10 a month support, even if it's, you know, what seems small to us, those little things you're investing in their ministry. But beyond those obvious things, it's the response that we can give back to them. One, another missionary I was talking to says, you know, I send out over 200 uh, email addresses, get my newsletter every month. You know, over, I know over 200 people get it. They read it. I know they pray for me. I know all that. But she says, do you know how many responses I get from them? How many people respond back to the e email and just say, hey, so awesome to see what you're She says, I get about two to three a month of people that respond. And she says, and I know it's, it's not an intentional, you know, thing. It's, it's not a, a, you know, any of that. She says, but I would love to hear from people what's going on. I'd love to hear their thoughts on what we're doing, or, or I'd love to just say, hey, so great to hear from you. So, you know, we're, we pray for you, you know, just that affirmation in that sense is that connection and, and that sort of thing. And so th that would be one simple way through the email. If you're on an email list, just when you get a, a newsletter, take, you know, hit respond and say, hey, so great to hear from you. We're praying for you guys. Love you guys. Boom and send it. And, and that means that means more than, you know, um, uh, but then also in that finding those missionaries that you're connected with and, and, uh, get involved in their personal life. I know it sounds intrusive, but, <laughs> you know, dig in, 
find out who they are, find out when their anniversary is, find out when their birthday is, find out, uh, you know, some of those things and, uh, and send them a card, send them an email notice, even send them a gift card if you can, you know, uh, those sort of things, because it's, it's that connection. Send, send them your monthly connection. Hey, I'm just reaching out at least once a month. I'm, I'm just going to connect with you and just say, how you doing? And, and you know, initiate that relationship. Uh, I know it's oftentimes difficult when people move away. Um, there, that separation causes separation in fellowship and relationship. Not, a, not intentional. It's never a, uh, uh, a, a, an intentional separation, but it, it, it happens. We get busy with our lives here. And, you know, they get busy with life there. And, and next thing you know, it's six months since you've last talked to this person. You may think of them, but then you let it go even longer. And uh, we do it with the people around us, much less the people farther away. And so, um, you know, just that that challenge for us, uh, you know, and this is I'm preaching to myself. This is all stuff that I've been preaching to myself over the last year, especially. I started a calendar for myself for a missionary calendar where I put birthdays. And I've looked up. I've, I've been able to research uh, the various missionaries that we know. And I can go on to Facebook and I can find all of their birthdays, anniversaries. I can find their kid birthdays and all that just by looking at their Facebook page. And so it's not secret knowledge. <laughs> it's not always, you know, hard to find. You can just scroll back over the last year and see when they said happy birthday to my kid, you know, because, you know, that's what happens. And so I've been able to create a little calendar and these sort of things of different people and, and make a little note of that. And then on my calendar, I can put a little reminder of a week in advance or whatever it may be. And, and, and you know doing some of those steps to help me be reminded of that because I'll forget. And so those things do go a long way when you hear them coming back and go visit, uh, you know, make, make that time, carve out a night uh, and do that and, and go, go hear them, go hear what they have and, and, and let them know you, you remember them and, and those sort of things and get on their email list and, and be a part of that. And I, and I think that's what Paul, to get back to the, the text, that's, that's what Paul's done with all of these guys. He says, these guys have been a part of me. They've been a part of what I'm doing. They've blessed me. In those days, it would have meant that, that I, I was in the same place with them somehow. And they, they ministered to me when I was connected with them. Whether we were in jail together because we went through an experience together. Whether uh, I passed through town and they, they put me up for the night or two and, and just, just lavished their love on me. Whether they sent me something by messenger. There's other places where an entire church would support Paul and send a gift to him and, and his support and these sort of things. And, and he says, you know, all of these people through their daily life, through the challenges of first century Christianity, carved out a time to say, Paul, we're behind you. Paul, we're supporting you. Paul, we're, we're on board with you. And he says that encouraged him and blessed him and let him know that, okay, this isn't all on my shoulders. We, as the body of Christ, are doing this. And so in the in engaging in mission and engaging in our personal mission, what God's called us to, um, we get to be a part of each other in that sense. And we get to be a part of holding each other up, of linking arms together, of uh, supporting one another. Um, my friend Matt over in Serbia, I had a long conversation with him earlier this summer. It was going to be just you know a little half hour call and check up, see how you're doing, chat about a few things. Turned into an over three hour call. So we talked about all this other stuff. I sat right outside here and we were talking about stuff. And then that night he, he met, sent me a message and he said, he messaged me and he said, uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, he goes, thank you for the conversation. He says, there's no one I can talk to like that. He says, all the people here in Serbia, they're great. He says, but I don't have fellowship with them in the same way. I don't have that, 
ability to kind of pour out myself to them in that same way. So to have someone else over here that is, is walking with me says, I don't get that conversation very often. And I had a lot of stuff I had to pour out and just to be able to hear him out. And I didn't have answers for him. I didn't have solutions. I didn't fix anything or what he says, but just be able to talk about it to, uh, you know, to be able to, you know, bat things around a little bit and to be heard and not be judged and not be, you know, uh, feel like I'm going to lose my audience with a person or these sort of things. He says, just to be able to have that. He says that that uh, was able to give me a lot of relief and comfort. Now I can go back into my, my wife and I can talk to her more and I can. And so for him, it was just that connection that meant so much. And I know various ministries and places that have really good connecting programs where if they have a missionary out there that, uh, you know, they have a team behind them and that team stays connected with them on behalf of the body. You know, it's, you know, the whole body might not be able to, but you got a team of 20 or 30 people within the body that are representing you to the body and staying connected with you and stuff. And so a lot of those things are all, all beneficial. And so as individuals, we can do the same. Um, I think all of us know people that have gone out into the mission field or missionaries or have had opportunities to, uh, to meet them. Um, we've got, uh, you know, several people here that we've connected with and hopefully more over the coming years, you know, we're praying. Uh, I think this next year we're going to see the way some changes in the way think we're uh, working with certain people and stuff that, might give more opportunities for us to have better connection and these sort of things. So that that's really what was on my heart for tonight was, uh, you know, taking this mission and extending it beyond ourselves, beyond our immediate community, beyond our mission and how we are discipling others. Um, all of these missionaries and pastors in other places need that fellowship, need to be discipled themselves, need to be engaged in that. Many of them are not connected to as much as you would think. It, it seems to be uh, kind of expected and anticipated that we think a person's going to go out. Of course, they've got some place they're coming from and they're well connected and they're, they're being led. And half the time, that's not necessarily the case. And so a lot of missions organizations have, have risen up in order to take that place for them to be ones that they are connected to. But a lot of people go out without church support or without, you know, the full church endeavors. And so... Uh, or they lose contact as they've been out for a time and so on. So they're not as connected as you might think. And even some that go out of churches, oftentimes they they keep a minimal relationship to the church. You know, you got your ministry going there and we got our ministry going here and we'll talk and kind of be accountable, but we'll send you a check once a month or, you know, we'll do some of these things. But the the true deep fellowship is what's missing and what, what most of them, they're away from their homes, they're away from their families, they're away from all of these things. And so to have that, depth of fellowship is really meaningful to them. So, so that's kind of what was on my heart for tonight with this. Um, I guess I'll, I'll finish with this. Um, in, in all of Paul's letters, he talks about all of these different people and he uses a variety of terms. It's not just that he calls them fellow workers or fellow laborers. I mean, we've got a list of some of the terms. He calls them co-workers. He calls some of them apostles. Although they're not apostles of Christ, they're apostles of the church in that sense. The little distinction there. He calls them brothers, ministers, fellow servants, fellow soldiers, fellow prisoners. And each one of those, it's, it's not just, it's not a mere uh, naming difference. It's a functional difference. He gives each one of them a, a, a name, if he calls them a different title, if you will, based on their relationship. So all of these people did different things in the life of Paul. 
Uh, you know, those who were co-workers were the ones who stood side by side by Paul in the trenches as he did the ministry. They were the ones that got ushered into the amphitheater and, and were surrounded by the, you know, the chants of the Ephesians, you know, great is, is Diana and stuff. And there's those who, who are sitting next to him in jail, like Silas and that kind of thing. There's those guys who are the co-workers, the, the, the co-fellow prisoners, the fellow servants that were physically side by side with Paul as he walked down the road and did the ministry. And then there's those others that are, you know, brothers or ministers that he would bump into and he would receive from. He would have fellowship with when he was in a location, then he would move on from the location and leave them as they ministered. And so he left trusted people behind. Think of Timothy's and that kind of stuff. He would leave them behind so that they can continue the work so Paul could go off and do other things. All of this was needed. And you've got uh, uh, fellow soldiers, you know, those that are engaging in the same way Paul was in different areas. You've got, you know, just that list in, in uh, uh, Romans 16 there. You've got those listed as just, you know, this, this woman was a mother to me, what he said about one. And, and they're just, you know, fellow, uh, you know, patrons and, and, and helpers and, and uh, uh, whatever some of those in there. These are all just the ones that greet these guys because all of these guys have been, uh, have worked hard in the Lord and have been a blessing. And, and uh, they're all saints. And, and so... All of this is, is just kind of along the lines that each one of these people had a different role in the life of Paul. And so each one of us are going to play a different role in the lives of those around us. And so there's not one patent way to do this, but we can get creative with how we do that. And, and I would encourage each of us to, to even pray how to be involved in the lives of those who are doing their own mission and how we can uh, uh, support them, encourage them, challenge them, bear their burdens, uh, whatever that would look like, and uh, and cheer them on and, and support them. Uh, you know, the, that idea that the body of Christ, we, we link up together. And when we're linked up together, one person can fall, but the rest can hold them up. And, and, and the rest can support them and, and lift them up. You know, Moses on the mountain with his arms raised. And when they fell, they lost the battle. But two guys held his arms up because Moses couldn't do it by himself. And, and that's the same same sort of thing. And we, we've seen guys over the last couple of years even uh, step out of ministry. You know, we've had some people that, that have gone out and, and we've seen them step out of ministry because they don't have anyone holding their arms up. <laughs> and it's partly their fault. They've not stayed connected. Um, but it's there's a lot of people in the church that have not stayed connected with them. They lost all friendships when they when they left. And so they lost hearts and challenges came up and it became difficult and they had no one there to support them and help them. And so they had to step back from ministry because it was just overwhelming them and they couldn't do it. Uh, whereas if you had people around them of like mind and supporting them and assisting them through it, I think they, they might have, things might have been differently and uh, done different. So, um, so just that, that prayer that as we move forward out, out of the summer that we're thinking not only of our ministry and how God is using us and what God is doing in our life and how we're discipling and, and serving but how we can also assist others in their mission and in their process of discipling and, and training others, that everyone's got their, their place in that. And uh, it's, it's a way that we can minister not only in our communities, but around the world. And, and sometimes very simple, free, short time commitments and those sort of things that, that we oftentimes think that I've got to be a wholehearted, all in, 100% with all these things. And, you know, sometimes it's just a quick email. <laughs> sometimes it's a a little chat on Facebook is enough. Uh, you know, I get I get calls from India every week because there's guys that just want to talk. 
you know, and, and when I used to ride the bus into work, that was my time. I would sit and talk. I, you know, by the time I got to work, I'd tell my boss, man, I've already been on three continents today <laughs> on the train ride into work because I'd get calls from India and Romania and then Brazil. And, you know, and then I then I'd go to work and have to have to start my day, <laughs> and, you know, but literally there's there's guys that will, you know, send messages every week. And it's always the same. How you doing, Mike? I'm the same as I was last week, man. How you doing? And, you know, but it's just they want that connection and they want to they want to chat and they want to be a part of things. So. Uh, they don't have that fellowship like we have in the same, you know, there's not the church surrounding them in the same way. So just that encouragement for us that uh, it, it is a way that we can fulfill that call, that mission that Christ has given us. And, uh, you know, Paul being that great example, he surrounded himself everywhere he went and he had people everywhere he went that he could connect with. And uh, he never lost that touch with them. He never lost reaching out with them. He was able to receive and to give from them. And it was a, uh, that was the true ministry, being able to receive and to give. You know, no one is in ministry is meant to give only. <laughs> and so we can assist in that. So, Well, let's pray and wrap it up. And go from there. Lord, thank you for placing us within a body. That uh, as Christians, you've placed us within your body and you've placed others next to us. And you've placed people around this globe into the same body and, and we get to support each other. We get to encourage each other and bless one another and edify one another. Uh, not only those who are physically present with us, but those who have gone out from us to serve in other places and, and have dedicated uh, their lives to you in, in full-time ministry, if you will, uh, as well as those who have gone out to uh, simply different places to uh, live their lives there and, and to be members of your body there. And we pray that we would uh, work hard at maintaining those relationships, that we would remember those people, that we would uh, uh, put that time and, and, and effort and, and, and thoughtfulness into encouraging and them, supporting them, and that we would also be able to receive from them in, in, the, in like way, Lord. And you would just uh, use those ministries, use us, uh, connect us with even just a few people that, that if we had just a few people that we stayed in fellowship and connection with to encourage and bless that we can, uh, Lord, be a part of that ministry, even though we stay here, uh, we would be engaged and we would be, uh, Lord, participants in what you're doing in those locations. And just thank you for that, for that opportunity and uh, for the people that you've surrounded us with and, and, and just uh, all of the blessings that you've provided through that, Lord. As we go forth, Lord, help us to be ministers in every place that we go, that we would be mindful of our calling and purpose here to glorify you and to make disciples of those around us, and that you would be honored by them. And we just praise you and ask us all in Jesus' name.